sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's keeping up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. I tell you, any day that Ken Hilarious is able to join us from South Bend, Indiana, is a wonderful, glorious day, blessed even. <laughs> but when he is in the studios here at Mater Day Radio, well, no matter what the temperature is going on outside, the sun is shining in the studios. Joining us in person in all of his Catholic glory, his Lenten ashes still on his face because he never washes them off. It is our good friend, <laughs> Ken Hellenius. You're, you are really upselling me there. Thank wow. you so much. That, <laughs> well, I got to say, we were all excited. We're like, Ken's coming. Oh, are you ready? Ken's coming. Oh, We've man. been talking about it all morning. Welcome back. You brought a little bit Thank of you. South Bend weather with you, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, uh, it's really lovely. Imagine my surprise coming from down in the valley, coming up the hill and hearing you guys talk about it. And I was like, no, it's not snow up there. And lo and behold, you were not lying. That's it's, it. And it's melted and quite it's a melted. bit. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's handsome. Yeah, It is handsome. It is glorious and beautiful. Maybe a bit of a mountaintop experience. Whoa. I think all of us spend a little bit of time just having that experience, listening to the gospel readings. I ponder that. I think about that story in the gospel, the transfiguration of the Lord. I am like Peter, like, hey, Let's let's stay. Don't go back down. It is a beautiful up here, but we all have to live in the world and we all have to go back down. Amazing readings that we had. You wanted to kind of tie that up as yeah. we move through this next week of Lent. Yeah. So this this Sunday where we hear about the transfiguration uh, yeah, here on the second Sunday of Lent that we just celebrated. I've always thought this was a really fascinating story because, you know, we get that that story that is told in in the three synoptic Gospels, okay. Matthew, Mark and Luke. Uh, they all tell the same story, uh, as well as Peter then in his second letter of Peter. He also refers to it. So there we get an actual eyewitness account. Yeah. Right? Um, but this idea that that they go up the mountain, a mountain that, you know, we haven't officially identified, but traditionally we associate with Mount Tabor uh, in uh, in. Uh, the country of Israel. Um, I think Peter is confused and he even tells us here. We we hear Peter was so confused. He didn't know what to say. And he kind of just blurts out master. Let us build three tents. And of course, my first thought is why a tent? That's not exactly a permanent structure. That I think is actually kind of an essential part of it because the Mm. temporary structure of a tent is something we live in when we're in a temporary situation maybe you're camping maybe you're you know you have an emergency you set up a tent it's not permanent it's meant to be i'm here right now but i am going eventually to go home Mm. and in lent that's very much what our lenten journey is like right lent is a time for us it's a temporary time of penitence of deeper prayer to prepare us for our eventual heavenly home right so we hear about the heavenly jerusalem Peter's up on top of this mountain and having this vision of the Lord in his full glory, you know, and this is an experience that is temporary now, but eventually we will all make it to the eternal home, which is not a tent, but is the new heavenly Jerusalem come down from heaven. So this, I think, is kind of the things I think about when when I hear these this beautiful story that that kind of has this humorous little bit, you know. Ah, uh, let's build tents. Uh, it's a it's a moment to remind us that this is a journey that we're on. So, if they're on this mountain, where would they get the material 
for See, three tents. That's is, the other thing. Yeah, it's like, this is well, the were they hauling side. tents up with them? I mean, so you know, the the tent in uh, the Jewish faith actually is also a reference to their pilgrimage through the through the desert, through wandering through the desert. They lived in tents. The original tabernacle, right? The original meeting place with the Lord was a glorious set of tents that that were woven specially with gold filament in the in the fabric. I mean, these these tents were glory, but again, they were temporary signs of a permanent reality. So, of course, the Old Testament, we read in Exodus and in Leviticus about the construction of these mm-hmm. tents. We again see that when Solomon builds the temple, the permanent temple for the Lord. Of course, I say permanent, I have to use air quotes because that temple was destroyed, mm. right? But who is the new temple that Jesus says, you destroy this temple and I will re- rebuild it within three days? That's the body of the Lord himself. Mm. And as we read in Revelation, the new Jerusalem has no temple because God himself is present. He is the temple. And so there are all sorts of these beautiful images of temporary structures, permanent structures that are then shown to be themselves also temporary, even though the temple we read in the gospel, you know, the, the apostles were like, how beautiful is this space? And Jesus says, this is also temporary. So this is the beautiful thing uh, that runs. It's a thread that runs through scripture. I love it. I think also that might be the first um, reference or inference, I should say, where Jesus comes to Peter and pats him on the head and says, oh, Peter, bless your heart. <laughs> right. Because I feel like that's us, too. We're just yeah. I, I just feel inadequate yeah. when when hearing stories like that what would you do yeah i would be that like oh let's uh build a tent oh bless your heart <laughs> all of you you don't even understand yet the greatness of what is about to come and ken helenius is joining us this morning talking a little lent and a little transfiguration so we are on this lenten journey we know christ throughout his three years of ministry knew where he was heading. He yeah. never stayed too long when he was constantly moving. He could have stayed in one place and just taken care of all of the work that needed to be done, but he didn't. He was constantly going forward, constantly going forward. And that's what we're called to do during this Lenten season. We move through these weeks knowing where this is going to lead us to. And of course, that is to Calvary with our Lord. So looking at these Lenten practices and there's 40 days and we know that has symbolisms, but do we yeah. count Sundays? Can we celebrate <laughs> on Sundays? It's all, yeah. you know, up for debate, maybe a little bit, but we there are some things that we are sure of during this journey of what we're supposed to do. Kind of what are we supposed to recognize for Lent? It's the three prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Uh-huh. And all three are essential because they are uh, they are how we relate to our God in prayer, how they relate to ourselves in fasting and how we relate to our brothers and sisters around us in almsgiving. So it's very much a kind of up and down, you know, you often I've heard this image, you know, preached about the cross represents, you know, both our, our vertical relationship with God and the horizontal bar is our relationship with one another. But there's also the relationship with ourselves. Fasting is how we actually conquer our own will, how we actually learn obedience. This, of course, is the great 
the the great gift of Christ himself was he was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He invites us to embrace that same yoke, but he promises that his burden is light because he is with us. And so, yeah, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, they remain ever the goals of Lent. And here we are, you know, in the second week of, second full week of Lent, maybe we've fallen off of our practices already. Maybe we're not praying as often as we did on Ash Wednesday and the day after. This is an invitation to, again, ascend with the Lord to the top of the mountain to see his glory, to be assured that this hope is real. This hope has a goal, and the goal is resurrection. And so that's what Lent's all about, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So people, you you mentioned that we fall short oftentimes, and sometimes, you know, maybe when we do fall short, we're going, well, obviously I can't do this. It's not, I just don't have it within me. In your own life, when you feel that you fall short and you know that the goal line is worthy, it is something, how do you reach within yourself or find that strength that gets you to the goal line, especially when it's something important like this Lenten season? I am incredibly grateful for the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, you know, when, I, when I'm aware of being in, in sin, when I'm aware that I keep falling off, maybe over the same things over and over, God never fails in his promises. God is faithful. God is merciful. As, as Padre Pio said, you know, pray, hope, and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful. He will hear your prayer and he loves you. And that's an incredible message of hope and joy. And that's what I fall back on all the time. Even when, even when I keep doing the same dumb things over and over, Christ loves us. Christ loved me and he gave, forgave me from the cross. And so to put ourselves into his mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation, which is always on offer, that's the greatest gift that we have. Oh, for sure. In fact, Ken, just on Saturday evening, I was entering church thinking, yeah, I wonder when that reconciliation night is coming up. And I walk into church knowing that they have reconciliation before every mass and the door was open. Fantastic. And and I just, and I almost, I I tried to go (laughs) by it and I went, no, that door is open. A magnet. That's what (laughs) confession is. It is an open door to go in and talk. And I tell you what, I made use of that time and it was really, really beautiful. So Ken, thank you so very much for joining us today. It's always a great morning. You have time to stay with us. So I'm inviting you to please stay with us. I've got here, I'm using some curriculum that I've used in the past. We're going to have a little bit of a Uh Lenten test. Uh And we'll see uh, (laughs) what all you know and don't know about this Lenten practice. We'll do that in our next half hour around 840. So join us for a little quiz. Uh, it's a uh, test time at Mater Day Radio. <laughs> the show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Poor Ken, he hasn't even gotten a first cup of coffee here at Mater <laughs> Day Radio. We've been so busy talking, we haven't gotten that machine working yet, but he, his brain is just firing. He's ready to do this. And I just couldn't let this time go by, Pat, without having a little Lenten quiz and see what you guys don't know about the Lenten season. I'm nervous. Are you a little it nervous? Is a time so, of penance, I mean, after like, all. this is the man who tried out for Jeopardy. I mean, come on. I know. But he never got that, he never got a call to yeah. the big show. Alex never called, so. <laughs> You know, <laughs> but and I think 
Ken Jennings Maybe Ken can. will call. Ken, 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 well, call Ken, Ken can't handle more than one Ken on stage at a time. It's kind of like Highlander. There can be only one. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. oh I think a, a battle of wills to who will survive. That would be a good one to watch. Cage match on Jeopardy. Yeah, right. That could be a lot of fun. Well, I thought, though, I, we won't get too deep into this, but we're going to talk about some of these. Oh, it's already gotten plenty deep. Is it? Right. Again, yeah. a shovel. Uh, just to talk very lightly about the things that are important to remember about Lent. So I've got a little quiz here. So we'll just go back and forth and you just get a point for every right answer. And then if we're at a tie at the end, I've got a, a couple of bonus questions oh to okay. see Eric, if we can Eric, break you a keep tie. In score? Oh, okay. dear. All right. All right. Okay. So we'll go back and forth here until we get to the end. So the first question is starting with Ken. He's, yes, name, company, company goes first. Name one. What are all of the colors of vestments that you will see a priest wear during the Lenten season? All of the colors. So right. Ken, name so one. Purple. Purple. There you go. One point for Ken. Uh, Pat, name a color. Rose. Rose. There is going to be a weekend that we will wear rose. Uh, any other colors that we might see during Lent, Ken? Uh, we would see white. We would see white. On the yes. solemnity of St. Joseph, typically. Oh, he's going to be really extra. There's another day that we might see white also, Pat. Oh, I was going to say the black vestments come out usually for the... Uh, um, on Good Friday, I've seen I've seen the black vestments before oh. for Tenebrae for the Tenebrae service. Tenebrae, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. That's not the typical color though for those uh, the those uh, the the Holy Week. What color do they typically? Red on Passion Sunday, right? Red, yeah. Red. yeah. So they yeah. everybody's got points. One, yeah. two, three each because you've all figured it out. <laughs> Uh, the Annunciation on March 25th is also a day that we might see white vestments worn. Right. Although this year it gets postponed because it falls during the super privileged season. So it gets postponed until after the Easter octave. Is it we really? Don't, we don't get it until the Monday Give after Give that man another point. Sunday. Oh my goodness. He is. <laughs> so. Ken was, I have a feeling Ken was one of those kids that always sat in the front row at school. Don't you think? Getting, don't I was you know the, the teachers were like, oh, yeah. Ken, Ken. I was yes. the guy in back distracting my classmates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then would still get 100% on the test. Okay. This has already passed, but we do want to remember and recognize uh, Ken is true or false? Is Ash Wednesday a holy day of obligation? It oh, is not. It is not. But I got to say, it's probably one of the days when we see the highest proportion it of non Catholics also join us for right. this day, too, because everybody wants ashes. ashes. And it's yeah. a fantastic thing. Big fan, big fan of people, you know, at least given, given an ear to the Lord. Okay. Yeah. I love it. It is not. So then to you, Pat, is. Good Friday, a holy day of obligation. Yes. Good Friday is incorrect. It's not a holy day of obligation. I know, right? We oh, all go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it is not. So So none of the tridium is other than Easter Sunday, although technically, I mean, yeah, yeah, Easter wow. Sunday, but but the triduum, these are days when we go because we want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We should be there because sure. it's fantastic and it's the high point of the year. But no, they are technically not holy days of obligation. How you like that? So yeah. that uh, I think we're going good. I think that's our first minus mark. All right, here we go. And of Ken. course, it's me. Get to, get counting, Ken. Uh -oh. How many days is it of Lent? 
from Ash Wednesday to Holy Saturday. That is what we're calling a Lent. How many days is it? Seven, 20, 40, or 46? So 46 was the first number that came to mind. Of course so, it did. Uh, yeah, That's I'm going to say 46, right? Yeah. yeah. Just it, shy. It's 46. We don't, uh, however, during the practice of Lent, when we say 40 days of Lent, we don't include the Sundays as those are their own uh, yeah. celebrations of their yeah. own. So, but that's good. So do you go to the fact that if any of your Lenten sacrifices that you make, do you keep it from Monday <laughs> through Saturday and then have your, your I bill am, on I'm Sunday? I'm an inconsistent human, I will say. So some <laughs> years, it depends on what I give up, what, what my observation is. This year, I'm trying to curtail my use of uh, off-color language. And so I do not, I, I Try to keep that also on Sunday. On Sundays, <laughs> I am a try, I am attempting to do the same thing yeah. as well. I include Sundays in those. <laughs> All right, Pat. Here we go. You ready to think? I am. So, on Holy Thursday, that is the day we gather. It begins the Triduum. It is the washing of the feet. It is also known by another name. Do you know what the alternate name for Holy Thursday is? Is that? Maundy Thursday? Maundy Thursday. Yeah. That's it. But I'm going to go to Ken. Why do we call it Maundy Thursday, Ken? Yeah, so it's a corruption of the word mandatum, which means a new commandment I give unto you. So the Latin word is a new commandment is a mandate or mandatum. So Maundy is short for mandatum Thursday. Give him two more points. <laughs> that. That's right, because we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday. Correct. Correct. As oh. well as the washing of the feet. Both of those are, are the, the new commandment. Uh, that he gives, you know, love one another as I have loved you, as well as do this in memory of me. So it's kind of a dual meaning in that, okay. in that way. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Pat, here we go. Here's your question now. I'm looking right at you. You Uh-oh. don't, don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm closing my eyes <laughs> closing in prayer. In prayer. All okay. right. True or false. So you got 50, oh, okay. 50 chance okay. right there. Right. So there you go. Masses are not celebrated on Good Friday and or Holy Saturday. Masses are not celebrated. That is true. That is true. In fact, and you would be along with 73 other percent of people got that question right. <laughs> this is it. After Mass on Holy Thursday, the altars are stripped, holy water is taken out of the font, and the Blessed Sacrament is processed through the church and in repose. So these consecrated hosts are used for the Good Friday service, which is not an actual Mass because no consecration takes place. So no Masses are said in the modern Latin rite. Uh, after Holy Thursday until the Easter Vigil on Saturday night. Now, Ken, there's something unique about those three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, there are lots of unique things. Uh, they, Well, I mean, we describe them as one continuous day. That's it. It's one continuous liturgy. So even at the end of that Holy Thursday mass, we don't end with a traditional blessing, you know, go the mass is ended. It just ends. And Friday, it begins on Good Friday with them processing in in dead silence and directly to the chair then after uh, prostration before the altar. And so, yeah, so it, it just continues. I love it. Yeah. So that's a continuous mass. I think that's so beautiful. And then, Ken, here's a true false for you. 50 50. True or false, Catholics are required to receive Holy Communion at least once during Lent and Easter season. So this was called the Easter duty. And yeah. uh, and so, yes, it, it you are required 
to receive, yes, at least once a year. And this is important because people used to not receive Holy Communion uh, regularly. And this is a great, uh, a great, you know, encouragement by Pope Pius X, who encouraged not just young people, but everybody to receive the Holy Eucharist in a state of grace, of course, but to do so frequently because this is the great way bread towards heaven on our pilgrim journey. So yeah, Christ is, is a gift and he wants to strengthen us. And so, yeah. That was the Daily Double. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Here's our bonus questions. Here's our bonus question. And you guys can, this will be team effort. How's that? Okay. Okay. You guys talk this one over. Wonder Twin Powers. There you go, you guys. Now, what early church council, now see, Pat's just already looking at Ken. What early church council attempted and failed to establish a uniform date for Easter? They tried to pick one. And it didn't go over. Ken, Pat. Council of Trent. Uh, that's not early. That's 1560s. Oh, oh. And so I'm going to go with Nicaea 325. It would be the Council of Nicaea. Whoa. They kid. tried to figure oh. it out, which is interesting because we were looking up early. When that's my godfather did, right there. <laughs> when did Lent begin? We were trying to figure out when did right. the practice of Lent begin? And it came along with that council. It's like that's when they kind of formally brought forward this Lenten season. So since they couldn't pick a uniform date for Easter. Your final group bonus question is, how do we determine what day Easter is going to fall on? So I know the formula. <laughs> you know the formula. I know the formula. Okay. It has to do with the moon, correct? It, it does. Yes. And it has to do with the spring equinox. Okay. So it's the first Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. 100%. Wow. Isn't that, mm-hmm. I knew it was the moon. It's like a savant. <laughs> but that's it. So let me say that again. So Easter will always fall on the first Sunday after the full moon that occurs on or after the spring equinox. So I think that means the earliest date it can be is, I think the 22nd of March would be the earliest it can ever be. Okay. Uh, if not the 22nd, then the 23rd, um, because, you know, the equinox is on the 21st. So uh, so if the full moon falls on that day, I think the next day, if it was Sunday, could be, could be. the first. And so we're wow. very, very close this year, right? Because this are. year it's like at the, the end. 31st. It's the 31st. Yeah, so March we're 31st. very early. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, I'm going to kind of pay attention to that, going to Easter Vigil Mass on a full moon. Wouldn't Ooh, that be amazing? Yeah, that'd amazing. Be pretty. Too bright for the uh, to to see the beautiful fire. That, it might be fire in the sky is that's, what we'll be looking Ken, at. Ken, so. I think you won. Oh, uh, always uh, again. I concede. I concede. <laughs> no moss. No moss. <laughs> mercy, mercy. So those are some of the important things, though, that is uh, we should all know and remember during this Lenten season. Ken, thanks so much for joining us in studio Great today. Truly a joy to be here. Get that man a coffee. <laughs>